God is saying that he's going to keep his word. He said, I'm going to bring you into a land that is your own. It's going to happen, God said. This is a great word of hope. I said, this is a great word of hope. But the problem is, Israel did not hear it because of anguish of spirit and cruelty of bondage. What you see here is the absence of hope. Hope has been taken from them because of the cruelty of circumstances. I'm talking about the circumstances that are unfair. Circumstances that that we're talking about that doesn't seem right that it ever happened. Have a way of taking something from you. Have a way of depleting the hope from your life. You may have had a bad church experience and it's done something to your hope. You may have had a bad marriage that fell apart and it done something to your hope. You may have had a, 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 you've lost your job. Your your job went wrong and and you lost your hope. But you didn't just lose your hope, your, 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 your job, you lost your hope. And when you lose your hope, you see, because of the cruelty of bondage, the unexpected things that happen in their life have a way of depleting you. When your hope is gone, it messes up the condition of your spirit. The Bible says they were not hearing the good news Moses brought them because of the cruelty of bondage, but it also brought an anguish to their spirit. Your spirit needs hope. I said your spirit needs hope. When hope is gone in your spirit man, it causes pain in your spirit man. And you just as in the physical, whenever there is a depletion or a lack of something in your physical body, you'll begin to get cramps in your legs. You get cramps in your arm. You, why? Because there's a depletion of some, uh, some, something in your body that you need. And so it is in the spirit. When you are depleted of hope, your spirit man begins to cramp up and cannot work as it is supposed to what are we dealing with here in our this culture of our day is so many people have been hurt disappointed amen hurt by those who are over them some have even been hurt with by church hurts by leadership and by ministry I can guarantee you one thing in this house today that's a 100 percent And that is every one of us have been hurt by somebody. But I'm going to mess you up right now because if you believe it or not, every one of us have hurt somebody. Not intentionally, not meaningly. But we have let somebody down. We have disappointed someone. We have brought hurt to somebody. Just as people have brought hurt into our lives. This has caused their resource of hope to be depleted. And left their spirit in anguish. 
And when you hear the news of the wars and rumors of wars, when you hear of the economic projections that we have that are in our nation today, when you hear the story of our land and where we were and where we have come, it will cause a depletion of hope and drains this great nation. All over this nation, we have a hopeless nation. A nation that once stood proud. A nation that once stood bold with our chest out. A nation that was honored and respected around the world. But you don't see that hope today. You don't see that hope today. Why? Because hope has been drained out of our nation. I was telling somebody, it might have been Sister Melissa the other day, I, I looked on the, uh, on the internet and it was amazing to me. I believe it was on Saturday. It was amazing to me how many churches around this nation was preaching about hope. Why? Because hope has been drained out of our nation. It is, and even in the church, it is a hopeless thing. Huh? Don't have any real people today. But hope is gone. And when hope is gone, it causes us to begin to cramp up spiritually until we cannot believe God for the miraculous. We cannot believe God for our own healing, let alone someone else's healing. We cannot believe that God is so great that he can deliver us, yet alone give somebody else deliverance. Why? Because we're cramped up. Our hope is gone. Proverbs 13 and 12 tells us that hope deferred or hope depleted makes the heart sick. And when desire comes, it is like a tree of life. When hope is depleted, it makes the heart sick. We are dealing with heart sickness because hope is gone. Huh? Have you, you know, you can make it with a, with a lot of different things. We don't want to, but we can make it with a lot of different things. But if your heart gets sick, you're going to become weak. A good friend of mine, he's a, he's a little bit a, a senior of me, but, but he had a heart. We, we hunted together all the time, and, and he could outrun me. He was, he's 30, 40 years older than me, I guess 30, but he, he could outrun me on those mountains. I know that's not much for a fat, talking about a fat man, but he could outrun me on those mountains, Whenever we were going hunting and, and go to the dogs, he could outrun me. He would, he would wait for me every once in a while. But, but, but something happened, and one evening when we was hunting, he, he couldn't breathe. He'd just take a few steps, and, and he couldn't get his breath. He couldn't go very fast. We'd have to return home because he, something happened to his heart. Amen. And, and, and thank God they was able to go in and, and, and he had open heart surgery, but it saved him from having a heart attack. But that taught me that day what it meant when it said hope deferred makes the heart sick. Whenever your, your heart is sick, you don't have any oxygen. When your heart is sick, you don't have any ability.
ability to function or to move. And that's what the enemy has done to the church. That is what a mere enemy has done to America. We're heart sick and we don't have any breath and we don't have any strength and we don't have any hope left. But I'm telling you the same God that breathed breath into Adam and said live is still our God today. And if we'll allow him, he will breathe into us again and we will become strong and hope will rise within us. Stand to your feet and give God 10 seconds of praise. Come on, praise him up in here today because we still serve the God of life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Slap your neighbor a high five and tell him we're serving a living God. Amen. You can be seated. We're dealing with heart sickness because hope is gone. And when hope is gone, no matter how good the news might be, no matter how great church might be, huh? no matter how timely the word might be, people cannot believe it and cannot receive it without hope in their hearts. When hope is gone, we can't hear the on-time word from God. When hope is gone, we can't enjoy the presence of the Lord. When hope is gone, we cannot receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which will save our soul. And this is exactly where Israel was. Moses was anointed by God. He was sent with the word from God. Yet no one believed the word he said. It was not a lack of Moses' anointing. It was not a lack of his ability to deliver the message God had sent. It was because of an absence of hope in Israel's heart that anything would ever change. When you settle in your heart that this is the way it's always going to be. My friends, you cannot receive the word that God has for you. When you settle on anything, wherever it is in your life, and say it is what it is, and this is how it's going to be, then you will never be able to reach out and believe God for anything different. I believe that God is going to visit the church with courageous hope again. I said, I believe that God is going to visit his church with courageous hope again. Hallelujah. With expectation, it's going to come back to the church. Do you understand the power of expectation? Do you understand the power of courageous hope? You can come to church and all the worship can be great and tremendous. The word can be timely and in season. And God can bring us together and speak a word into our life. But if there's no expectation, if there's not courageous hope in you, you will miss it. But the power of expectation caused a crippled man that was crippled all of his life. Huh? crippled all of his life, but he looked on him expecting something from the Lord. Huh? 
He came expecting, and when they he came expecting, he was he didn't even make it all the way into the house of God. He was sitting on the outside, but he had an expectation. It isn't just good enough to come to church. You've got to have an expectation. You've got to have courageous hope to say, yeah, it's been bad. Yes, things came up. Yes, circumstances did not work out the way I wanted them to work out. But I'm here today because of courageous hope. I'm not here to put in my religious duty. I'm here today to get a word from heaven. I'm here today to hear the voice of God for my life. And by expectation, we will draw out of the Spirit exactly what we need for our lives. On the day of Pentecost, they fully expected to receive something from God. They had a courageous hope. Could you imagine the disciples in that upper room? They had given up everything to follow Jesus. And now he's gone. Huh? Now he's gone. <laughs> Left them by themselves. But he already made preparation for them. He said, I want you to go and tarry in an upper room. And have a courageous hope. Have an expectation. They didn't know what was coming. They just knew another like him was coming. And he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit that is going to be a paraclete. It's going to be one like me, but I'm only able to be in one place at one time, but he'll be everywhere at the same time. And he shall come and fill you with his power. I want to tell you on that upper room, they expected something. They didn't know what to expect. They just knew that God was going to show up. I believe it's time for the church to have a courageous expectation again. That we're not just coming to church to see lights and a show. We're not coming just to hear the singing. We're not just coming to hear another encouraging word. But we're coming to hear the voice of heaven that will reverberate in our soul and cause hope to come alive again. Oh, somebody bless him today. I believe that God is going to restore the ability to believe for the ridiculous and the crazy again. Amen. I've come into this place to grab hope by the nap of the neck and never let it go. Amen. I want my expectation back. I want my ability to believe back. I want to dare to believe God for the impossible and the miraculous. That anyone in any place at any time that his power and his presence can be revealed in our life. I'm getting my hope back. Amen. Come on if you want your hope back. Give him praise today. You may have lost your hope because of something unfair that happened to you or something that unjust has happened to you. But I just come to tell you today the devil is a liar and hope belongs to the men and the women of God. Our hope is not in government. Our hope is not in the economy. 
Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And in him we do live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. He is the anchor of our soul. He is the cornerstone that was unmovable. And when we put our trust and confidence in him, we shall not be moved. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast to our confession of hope without wavering. This scripture tells me that hope is something that you must hold on to. Hold fast. Don't let it go. That tells me, Ralph, it is something that I can't let go of. It is something that I can lose. But Hebrews tells us here, Paul, probably speaking, says, hold fast to that hope without wavering. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. Does anybody here today know he's faithful? I mean, he is really faithful. I told you that all of us have been let down and we've let others down. If I was to give you a word with great intention, I would try to fulfill that word because I was always taught a man is only as good as his word. So I would do everything I could, but something could happen that I could not fulfill that word because of my limited ability but the one who has promised is without limitation and when he has honors his word and watches over it to perform it and I want to tell you that if God has given you a word if he has spoken over your life he is not only able but he is willing and he will perform that word in your life Tells us hold fast means to have a strong grip on it because there are some people and some things that will try to pull hope out of your life. Doubt and unbelief are always close to you to try and test your grip on your hope. Whenever you're most least expecting it, doubt and unbelief are close enough to grab hold of your hope and try to pull it out of your life. That's the reason he admonishes us, hold fast always. 
Huh? Can I get real? Because every day, it may be a doctor's report that's trying to pull hope out of your hand, but hold fast. There's, there may be situations in your family that are trying to pull out hope out of your life, but hold fast. There's always a battle. There's always a fight for your hope, but you cannot let go of the grip of hope on your life. You've got to hold fast to your hope. Why? Because the enemy knows if you don't have any hope, then your spirit is going to get sick. And if your spirit gets sick, he don't have to worry about you, baby. You're going down. Huh? With a sick spirit cramping, you're not going to be able to accomplish, be, or do anything. And so if he can get your hope, he's trying to pull it. He's trying to reach for it. In every situation, normal things happen every day of our life. But he takes those normalities and tries to pull hope out of us every single day. Hebrews 10 and 35 He says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Huh? Cast not away your confidence. Cast not away your hope because it has a great recompense of reward. Verse 36, he goes on and he says, For you have need of endurance, so that after, say after, so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. You have need of endurance. Huh? How many know that we need endurance? I know there may not be, some folks may be too young for it, but they used to have the weeble wobbles. And the commercial said the weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. They had a little round bottom on them and they'd roll around. You could knock them, you could hit them and they'd bounce and they'd roll and they would twist but they'd never knock them over because they had a little round bottom to them. And, and sometimes we need some endurance because there's some things gonna slap us in the face. There's gonna be some things come and hit us pretty hard, huh? And we're going to try to knock the breath out of us. Try to knock the hope out of us. But I want to tell you, we need endurance. Glory to God. And we, but why? Because after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. This confidence and hope is important because it carries something in it. It carries your promise. There is a reason that every day the devil of hell is fighting you. There is a reason that you're being bombarded on every side. There is a reason that sickness is after you. 
There is a reason that lack is after you. Because if he can strip you of your confidence, then maybe I didn't hear from God. Maybe I missed it. Maybe God really didn't want to help me. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And we've lost our confidence. Because if you lose your confidence, you will not hold fast to the hope of the promise. And when your heart is sick, you're no longer able to fight. There's no fight left in you whenever your heart is sick. But if you have hope, when you cross the finish line of your storm, because let me tell you this this morning, every storm has an end. I said every storm has an end. It will end with you having hope or without you having hope. The question is, will you hold on to your hope till the end? But when the storm is over, if you still have your confidence, if you still have your reward, if you still have your hope, then you can cash in for your reward. And you should want a reward for the hell you go through. Huh? I said you should want a reward at the end for what the enemy has done to your life and tried to put you through all of your life, you should want a reward at the end of it. David, whenever he went up against Goliath, he he said, is there not a cause? He wasn't going to go out there and fight the giant if there was no reward. And I want to say to you today that a lot of people are fighting worthless battles. There is no spoil at the end of the day. We're fighting, we're, we're fighting at the air and there's no victory, there's no spoil, there's no win at the end of the day and all we're doing is wearing ourselves out. But I want to tell you this morning that just as sure as there was a day that you went into your storm, there's a day appointed for you to come out of your storm and it determines if you're still holding on to hope when you're done. You should want rewarded for it. Because at the end of the day, you will come out of your storm. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like showing up at the bank. If you don't hold on to your hope, it's like showing up at the bank and saying to them, uh, I work for Sudden Link, and my check is $450. Give me my money. And they look at you bug-eyed and crazy because you don't have no check. All you have is your word that you work for somebody. Huh? Huh? And your bank ain't giving nobody no money based on your word. Huh? They're going to look at you crazy and say, where is the check? Huh? Because you see, the check is not even the money. The check is only the promise for the money. And your hope is your paycheck. So when you come through your storm, 
When you stand at heaven's desk and say, I've been through the mess. I've lost a lot of sleep. I've lost some peace and I've lost some joy. It's been a real dog fight in my life. But I have made it and I won't pay for the reward. Amen. I've held on to my hope and I'm giving you this blessed hope today. Why? Because that is your paycheck. It is not your reward. It is the promise of your reward. And when I cash in, I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the promises of God you've been faithful over a few things and now I'm going to make you a ruler over many that's the reason why you're being fought so hard that's the reason why the enemy is trying to get you to let go of your hope that's the reason why you've been hurt you've been abused you've been mistreated you've been lied on you've been betrayed people don't understand you you lost your money you lost your job you lost your time the devil isn't worried about all that stuff he's trying to get your hope but we know He who promised is faithful. (laughs) And we're going to run this race with endurance and get through this storm. And when we get through this storm, we're still going to be holding on to our hope and to our faith. And we're going to be rewarded. Cast not away your hope. Cast not away your confidence. David said in Psalm 71 and verse 14, but I will hope continually and I will praise you more and more. David said, I've been through some stuff. Huh? How many know David been through some mess in his life? But he told God, he said, I'm going to hope continually and I'm going to praise you the more and the more. Now, when you study out this particular scripture, David is not just regurgitating praise. He's not just saying something again he has already said. But when you dig into this text, David is talking about creative praise. He is saying, I will find a fresh new way to express my praise to you, God. Amen. He says in the middle of the fight, I will not lose my praise. I will not fall prey to the enemy. I will not just bring you a careless praise that is dull and boring. But right here in the middle of my storm, right here in the face of my adversary, I will continually hope and I will continually create a new way to praise you. Let me ask you, how long has it been since you prayed? God with a new praise how long has it been since you give him glory and said oh God I know that this circumstance or situation isn't over yet but I'm going to not lose my hope even in this battle I'm going to continue to hope and to praise your name and to exalt you it's not going to be last year's praise it's not going to be last month's praise it's not even going to be yesterday's praise I'm going to praise you with a brand new praise I'm 
going to create a way to give you glory and give you honor because I know your word is good and you're going to bring me through this some way and somehow. See, all the things we face in the natural world is an attempt by the enemy to strip you of your hope and get you to let go and cast it away. We sometimes think that the enemy only works in the spirit realm, but he uses natural things to bring you down. He uses everyday life to try to bombard your mind. It's, it's usually, it's not, it's not the large things. It's not the great things of life that usually bring us down. It, it's all the minutia, the little things that begin to clutter up our hope. Cut off our arteries of faith and cause us to begin to weaken our grip on hope. But if you don't take your paycheck to the bank, you're not going to get any money. If you don't take your confidence and your hope through this storm, you're not going to receive any reward at the end. So how do I get hope to live courageous? How do I get it? Does anybody want to know? Four of you. I heard that fifth one. You was late, but you was worth waiting on. Amen. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. You may want to put this down, help you fight your enemy. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Let me read that one more time. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of of the Holy Ghost. I'm almost done this morning, but there's two powerful truths in this scripture that will help you live a courageous life of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. When you lose hope, you walk around saying, the joy of the Lord is my strength, but you don't have any joy. Because you can't have joy without first having hope. Amen. You pray for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. But you stay awake all night worrying. And you say, God isn't working. But the God of hope... <laughs> fill you with all joy and peace. So when you lose hope, you lose peace and you lose joy. 
So when you regain hope, are you walking with me? When you regain hope, you also get joy and peace. Right now, people need joy and peace. Huh? Stock markets are crashing. People are depressed and overcome with sorrow. And they need peace. Some churches are so depressed. They need some joy. Amen. We can't just quote the scripture. We've got to have that word inside of us. That word of hope. I'm telling you, we must get our hope back. How? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm tired of going to churches that want me to come and preach, but they don't want me to talk about the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're in a church that believes in the power of the Holy Ghost. That we need the power of the Holy Spirit operating and functioning in our life. If we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't have hope. And if we don't have hope, then we don't have joy and we don't have peace. But the moment that I grab hold back of hope, joy and peace comes rushing into my life. And I begin to feel the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. And I begin to sense the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Glory to God. Might be still in the storm, but I got peace. Might be still in the trial, but I still got joy. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. He has given me hope and I refuse to let it go. Holy Spirit brings us joy and peace. The Holy Ghost in here right now will impregnate you with hope and its babies will be joy and peace. The production, the reproduction of your hope that comes through the Holy Spirit will produce joy and produce peace in your life. You don't have to go very far to see folk that don't have any joy. Huh? You can find it, unfortunately, right up in the church. Look like they brush with a dill pickle and gargle with vinegar. <laughs> huh? Huh? Look like they've been pulled through a knot hole backwards. And they're just looking there, looking at you, you know, all sour and all pale face and don't have any joy at all. Huh? No wonder the world looks at us and says, uh-uh, don't want nothing to do with that. Because they can go to a bar and get a false hope for an hour or two. Huh? They can go to a crack house and get a rush away for a few moments of their life until they think they have peace, they have a false joy or a false hope. But I'm telling you that the power of the Holy Spirit has been given to us to give us a hope, to give us a joy, to give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. And if anywhere you ought to be able to come and find it full of laughter, if anywhere that you ought to be able to come and find it full of smiles, full of joy, 
joy and a spirit of peace. It ought to be up in the house of God. I'm telling you that God will restore a courageous hope to his church again to begin to believe and dare God for the miraculous. Stand with me today. Stand with me today. I'm convinced today that all of us lose our hope at some time in our lives. All of us, if we are able to be real today, we all have come to places in our life where that we love God. But our joy is gone. Our peace is gone. Our hope has been stripped away. Even though we have held it as tightly as we possibly could, we did not have the spiritual tenacity, the strength to hold on to our hope. Something has snatched it out of our lives. you today the Lord tarries till June the 28th this year I'll be preaching this gospel full time for 30 years I'm honored That's not what I wanted to tell you. I wanted to tell you just so that you could relate to what I'm about to tell you. Whenever I was a young preacher boy, I started preaching not full time, but preaching when I was 15 years old. It was fun preaching as a young preacher boy because people didn't have much expectation. They'd let you come because they thought it was cute or something. You know, it's nice. Look at this young boy. He's trying to do something for the Lord. That's nice. So there wasn't much expectation. So when God would show up and wreck the house, they stood in amazement. People would be healed. People would be saved and delivered. Set free by the power of God. In the early years, I believed God for the miraculous. Preached God full of faith and full of power and believed that he would do anything and even daring to do something I couldn't believe him for. That was my faith. That was my courageous hope. My hope has never been in me. My hope has never been in, in, in what I could do, but my hope was in him. I've seen some things I've seen some things I've seen the demonic set free I've seen blind eyes pop open I've seen deaf ears come unstopped I've seen those who could not walk or even get off of a stretcher and God instantly in a moment's time set them free I've seen that tribal doctor over in 
Ghana, get up out of a hut, been there for eight years. And by my faith, I'm talking about courageous faith, courageous hope. I told him, my God, I asked him, why are you like this? And he said he he tried voodoo and witchcraft and, and it didn't work. And by my, my courageous hope, Ralph, I told him, the God I serve wouldn't let you stay like that. And he told me, if my God can heal me, then we must serve him. I didn't pray no super duper prayer. I just said, God, would you touch this man that they may believe? That day, for the first time in eight years, that man crawled out of a cot or a bed that was laying there on the floor, got out of that, that little thing he was in, that hut, and ran around that, that uh, village for the first time in eight years, and the whole village got saved. Whole village turned their hearts to God. I've seen some stuff. I've seen over 5,000 people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit as it was like a wave that came over that crusade. The people were slain in the power of the Spirit. I've seen some great things happen here in the States. But I want to tell you there's been times in my life whenever my hope has been taken away. Because as much as I have seen God's word fulfilled in my life, Brother Gary, there is a promise that I've yet to see fulfilled. It's bigger than what I am. It's bigger than what this church is. It's bigger than what we are together. It's only God can bring it to pass. There's times when I've lost my grip. There's times whenever I've lost. But I'm believing during this season that I'm going to get my courageous hope back. And we're going to see the God of glory reveal himself in this hour like never before. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're here today. Maybe you're in that place where you say, I've held on, Pastor, but, but I've lost my grip. I've lost my hope, but I want that joy. I want that peace back. I don't want to just live life. I want to live it full of joy. I want to live it full of peace. You'd say here today, I just want that peace. I want that hope. I want that confidence that only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to give you strength today. Can you believe him for it? Can you believe him for it? If he need that today, as Sister Melissa sings, come on. Let's just come and stand at this altar. And let's believe God for hope to arise in our hearts with a great confidence that his word will come to pass.